Welcome back to Don't Cut a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name's Dan. We've finished Last Argument of Kings. We have heard the last argument, some are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, I yawned a little bit before this, so I we definitely have to get warmed up. We do have to get warmed up, Luke. And I want to get us warmed up with a bit of a story and a bit of a question for you. So... Okay. Uh, your boy went to a little bachelor party this weekend. Uh, not Luke's, by the way, because da- your boy wasn't invited to that one. Uh, we're still, we're still <laughs> a little bit upset about that, but we t- we went to a different one. Uh, and longtime listeners will know this bachelor party, the one that I went to, is with the one with the dance. Um, I guess I have to update on that. We did learn the dance. It wasn't quite as bad as I thought it was going to be. However... <laughs> There is still a freestyle sexy dance component. It is in a group. So everyone is doing something okay. all at the same time. So I was fine. I could like slink to the back and uh, get away with kind of pretend, pretend dancing. Okay, good. So I'm glad lo- that you've come back to us with the, with the update on that. We're loving that. Um, we'll see how it goes at the wedding. We've been told to practice, and if we don't, we're going to get uh, thoroughly scolded from the smart bachelor smart. himself. Yes. However, that's not what I want to talk about from this bachelor party. Luke. Luke. So, for this bachelor party, we were supposed to do a bunch of stuff outside at the beach, but it rained all day. So we had to pull an audible. I want I want you to just let me know how this hits you, okay? The audible we pulled was going to one of those indoor trampoline places. Oh, okay. So funnily enough, I've actually been to one of those somewhat recently. Mm-hmm. And they're fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It doesn't strike me as a bachelor party thing to do, I will say. Uh, so we showed up and realized we were crashing David's eighth birthday party because... Yes, there's a lot of kids at these. (laughs) Everyone in the place was a child. Right. And I'll say the first five minutes we were there, I was like, shit, we should not be here. Something is wrong. This is very (laughs) wrong. However, however... We get in there. We we get on the, like the there's a dodgeball arena because of course there's always a always dodgeball a, arena. Always a dodgeball. Yep. There's thirty of us. I should say there are 30, 30, 30? year old men. We are taking over this trampoline place. <laughs> That's too many. <laughs> okay, hold on though, because this is where I want to go with this. This is where I want to go with this. Uh, we had a blast, by the way. We had a great time. The kids were loving it. The kids were actually having more fun than I think we were because they just wanted to hit us with the dodgeballs. We're big targets, so it wasn't hard. Um, there were a few casualties, I will say, because the kids, uh, sometimes sometimes you don't mean to hit a kid with a dodgeball. But sometimes <laughs> you do really hit a kid right in the face with a dodgeball. Um, right. Yeah. I, that's kind of on them. You know, risk, high risk, high reward. So that's why they're there. <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, but... I want to get into the specifics about the numbers we were bringing to this event because I think there's a very specific amount of people that is the sweet spot here. 
Okay, the sweet spot specifically at the trampoline place? At a trampoline place like this, yes, where okay. there are Cause, mostly cause children. I, I, I am curious to hear the sweet spot. I was going to say 30 is a lot for like almost anything. Okay. Uh, this place was pretty big. I'll say there was like... That's too many for like a football game. <laughs> well, no, you got your special teams, you got your offense, your defense... <laughs> That's that's fine. That's not quite enough, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Right. But tell but to talk to me about the optimal number for okay. trampoline and bullying kids. Right. So you're saying it's like too many. You're saying this is too many grown men at a function. Um mm-hmm. I I think it's close to the perfect number, Luke. And here's why. Here's why. So part of it was when we went to play dodgeball, we could just split everybody in half and had like a good amount of people on both sides. Okay. Less than 30 people, less than 30 people. And if you want to hang out together, you're like all on one team, like hitting a bunch of kids. It's not really fun. Or you're just like spread out with a bunch of kids, right? If it's less than 30, if we're talking like, let's say it's 15, 15, you know, not really a good number to split in half. And if you split it in half for dodgeball, if you split it in half for dodgeball, you're still playing with mostly kids, but you're there too. So Wait, it's like how a big is the game. court at the one you went to? Because oh. this, I always remember them being in these trampoline things, like kind of small and, and, and just like a quarter of the area. Oh, we played like 20 people on a side, on each side in these dodgeball games. And there is space. And there is space for it, yeah yeah wow okay okay so but the point is like less than 30 like all right let's start at the extreme end of this like three three 30 year old men going to one of these trampoline places not not a good time i don't think right that's weird it's weird you would feel weird the whole time because it's like what are you guys doing here like what yeah this is a kid's place okay all right and then obviously the other end you you don't want to completely like overwhelm the staff at this trampoline place with men jumping around because the more, the more, you know, 30 around 30 year old men you have, the more likelihood somebody's going to tear an ACL and then nobody has fun. I honestly, I'm surprised that no one did at the levels, at the numbers you were at. No one did. It was kind of a miracle. It was kind of a bit of a bachelor party miracle. I'll say, uh, and I think 30 is just like a very good... I think the sweet spot is like plus or minus... Okay, I don't think plus. I think 30 might be the upper limit, but I'm going to say between 20 and 30. Okay, okay. Sure. Um, I still think it's... It's just... <laughs> maybe we talked about this when you were telling me about your your dance at the wedding. 30 is like... It's a lot of friends to have. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Luke. I'm not a guy who's got 30 friends who would come to a bachelor party. I don't party. have, I don't have close to 30. I don't think. Um, I'm assuming that not all thir- not all 30 knew each other, right? They were from different phases. I, in this person's life. Yes, I will say like 20 of them all knew each other. Okay. I was in the minority. From fraternity, I would hope. Or something no, like that. just from college, my G. Man. All right. Yeah, our bachelor was very, very gregarious. <laughs> good for, good for him. Yeah, he's a great guy. Okay. Okay. 
do I you know what sure I'll say 20 to 30 is a good number I do agree that you can definitely go too few I think I think more than 10 for sure right like you have to go more than 10 yeah I agree yep (laughs) 30 30 might be the upper limit but okay I will say in that 20 to 30 range is very fun it was very fun they have have the they have the basketball goal they they were actually closed when we were there the basketball hoops were closed i know we were pretty bummed about that we were trying to get them to open it up but of course not come on it's like the it's like the second main attraction behind dodgeball yeah dodgeball i mean we got a good hour and 15 minutes out of that dodgeball though we were loving it i'm happy i'm happy to hear that the refs, the refs got involved. At a certain point, the refs each joined a team. You guys had refs? Yeah, we okay. had refs. You went dude. to a you went to a much higher end trampoline park than I have been to. I think. Yeah, it was pretty. We did have to wear special socks. Like we had to buy these special socks to wear. Right, little grip on the bottom. Yeah, yeah, a little like old person sock. <laughs> right, but, right. Yeah. They were all decorated with kids stuff, probably. Yeah, like pizza and stuff like that. Yeah right well i mean so did you have fun yeah i had a great time it was really fun uh we did miss out on the whiskey tasting though unfortunately okay didn't you didn't, can't you cannot do that at the trampoline park we that's, weren't able to bring the whiskeys into the trampoline park that's correct that's a no okay yeah well i don't know sounds like we had sounds like we had different experiences who's to say which one is better i mean i'm I know what I would prefer to do, but <laughs> sure. Okay. Everybody vote on that. Um, <laughs> I don't think that's fair because literally my last rant is about how I, no one can taste whiskey. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, um, that's good. That's a, that's a good warm up. Uh, two, two bachelor parties back to back. Back to Luke back. Dan. I know. Pretty good. Let's talk about the book, Last Argument of Kings, which we have finished. And there's so we stick with all of our all of our main characters from like the very beginning, I think. Mm-hmm. The ones who are still alive. Yeah. Right. And I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into actually how we feel on the end about all of them yet. Let's yeah, let's build to it cuz I have a lot of feelings about the end as well, but I want to build to it. The first okay. thing, Artie, the maps are the best part. Okay? Artie is complaining about these books that she's reading. She's like, "God, these suck. I've got nothing else to do. I'm just reading these books. And if I have to look at another map, I'm going to kill myself." Shut up, Artie. <laughs> Shut up. Give always give me a map. We've talked about this on the yeah. pod. But I think Artie yeah. was just like specifically calling us out for our love of maps, and I was so angry. It did see it does seem that way. Um, yeah, famously we love a map. Uh, get get Artie a Kindle because you can't see the maps on Kindle. Mm-hmm. Um, it's out. It is outrageous. You gotta know. You gotta know where you're where you're looking. What's right. like what where the story is happening? How far is it from the coast? How how far did they travel? Are there mountains around? Ooh, it must be cold. Is this is this, is this March realistic? I I want to know. 
Right. I I just felt very called out by Artie here. And mm-hmm. granted, Artie mm-hmm. kind of calls out everybody, so it's only fair she called us out. Right. Right. I okay. I guess it depends. I don't remember exactly what books she was reading. I want to say it was a history. Okay. Because I most of my maps that I'm talking about in this context are like maps connected to fantasy books. Yeah, but their history is basically a fantasy book, right? So I think it counts. I okay. I guess like yeah. their history is literally a fantasy book. So. But so is ours. <laughs> kind of. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, it's different. Okay. It's different. It's it's way different. There's no wizard yeah. or anything in ours, so. That's true. That's correct. Okay. I. <laughs> so actually, now that I'm looking at this, all of my notes are from basically the ending. Um <laughs> So we might have to lean on you a little bit here at the beginning. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Then before we get to the ending, Glockta's on his like final quest as the Gurkish are making their way into the city. Glockta's like, I got to keep myself safe and also take on salt. And he barges in and Goyle is sitting there at salt's desk. And he's like, oh, shit. What's happening? And Glockta goes up and is like, hey, bud, you know, that thing you've been doing to everyone for a really long time that I do, you know, the thing that we do professionally to everyone, it's about to happen to you. It's about to happen to you right now. Goyle is like, no, 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 wait, wait, no. Dude, have a better thing to say than that. This is your job. You know that isn't going to work, right? Yes, I agree with you. And mm. Severard does this too. When Glockta gets Severard in the chair, he he acts like a complete novice to all this. It's like, you know how all this goes. You should be prepared and be like, okay, if I say no, what's going to happen? Well, he's going to start chopping my fingers off slowly. Um, I feel like in both instances, they both should have been like, hey, yeah, I know I don't really want any of this to happen to me. I'm just going to... I'm just going to ask the question, what do you want? Like, I'll tell you what you want right now. <laughs> Let's skip the cutting me up. Yes, I I agree. I also think that if you are in this line of work, mm-hmm. which is only, basically 100% torture, this is not a spy organization. This is a torture organization. Correct. Right? Yes. You have to know that you are going to be the one being tortured at some point. Right, you have to imagine sitting in the chair, like when you're torturing someone. Like, hey, what would I do? You know, what would I do over there? And you have to like actually consider it, right? Yes, for sure. I I just think that, like, if you are in this organization and you know the people in it, and it's like everything is super high stakes, Mm -hmm. right? And everyone is super ruthless, and you're always near the rooms with the torture stuff. It's going to happen to you at some point. Right. Right. Especially if you like are not just a like nameless, faceless assistant or something like that. But even if you are just a practical, right? Even if you are just a practical, just the fact that you're there, like, yeah, you're involved. You are closely involved and you're much more likely to end up in the chair than anyone else. Yes. 
Yes. It's like it's like that statistic when if you buy a gun, right? Mm. Which is that if you buy a gun, I don't know the number, but you are like so much the person you are most likely to shoot is yourself mm-hmm. by like a huge margin. When you work for the Inquisition, you are so much more likely to be tortured at some point than if you don't work at the Inquisition. I think right. I haven't run the numbers. I mean, it's it's almost for sure true, right? And of course, they're not publicizing these numbers because then nobody's joining, right? Right. You need much better bennies if you're publishing this information. Which, like, of course you wouldn't because you're the Inquisition. You are the law, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I. Wh- <laughs> what do you say? Okay, so hold on, because they both were basically just like, no, 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 wait, don't do this, no, wait. I feel like you have to come up with something better. I feel like we could come up with something better to say. Maybe we don't just spill the beans right away, you know, but we have to come up with something better to say because it's obviously it's not going to work, right? Obviously saying, no, 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 please don't wait. You know who you're dealing with. They've tortured like literally thousands of people. They're not going to stop for that. Right. So I think there's two things to this. Mm -hmm. Number one is kind of kind of an offshoot of what we already said which is that at, if you're going to like be a player like a player in the game right you're going you're going to get tortured and on some level even if you just provide the answers they're still going to do like glock is still going to do something right because it's like more than just the answers to mm-hmm. what he's asking mm-hmm. so <clears throat> On a certain level, you just like you can't you can't do the betrayal thing, right? Uh, Severar <laughs> just like tells Glockta the reason that Glockta is torturing Severard is because he has told secrets about Glockta. Yes, you never do that <laughs> if you work at the Inquisition because you're going. It's going to happen to you. Um, and then like if you're just trying to get it to end that, I mean. I feel like the way in which you tell the truth has to matter. Mm. Ooh, maybe this... Okay, I think you're right. And I think the way you do it is easy, right? Because, okay, first, I do want to address your first point of, like, you can't do a betrayal. I think a lot of the folks who are in... Who are practicals, though, and who are in the Inquisition, like, either don't have a lot of scruples and, -hmm. like, probably don't value human life that much. Or they're pretty desperate because this doesn't sound like a good gig. And I think that's kind of Severard's issue is Severard feels like somebody who's kind of desperate and like they got him with the money, right? Sure. Yeah. Okay. But to your second point, I feel like the way to do this, if you, when you do the betrayal is to take really good records because when you do get found out, I think part of the strategy that Glockta has with making you feel some pain first is then he can look in your eyes and see if you're telling the truth or not. Like that's part of his strategy, which mm-hmm. by the way, we should say we should say from the outset, like torture is not a good way of getting the truth about anything. Like Glockta is not right. seeing the truth in these people's eyes, IRL. Okay. Um, however, <laughs> uh, I feel like, you, if you just have the receipts for everything, you could just be like, hey, before we start all this, like, go over to my safe right there and just put these numbers in. It's all there. It's all there. You got everything you need. I'm 
I think we're good. Can I just go now? Unless you're going to murder me. And then just murder me, please. Just do it right away. Like, don't waste our time with the whole, like, making little hot dog rounds out of my fingers. Just kill me. (laughs) Right. You got to keep a diary. Um, Maybe two, right? This is my crimes diary and this is my just regular diary. Please only read the crimes diary. Right. The other one's embarrassing. (laughs) Much more embarrassing. Yeah. uh, This is a good point, especially if you're just looking for, if the person's just looking for efficiency. And then, and maybe this is the last thing, you got to make torturing you not fun, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you like what? Yeah. What do you do? How do you do that? I'm not sure. I think it might depend on the person that is doing it. Like what noise annoys Glockta the most? And that's the noise that I'm making when I'm in pain now. See, I literally can't think of a single thing that people would not have tried that Glockta would, would have a resilience to. Do you know what I mean? Like, make like a make like a dolphin noise. We already did the dolphin thing with the spores. You got to get off this dolphin thing. <laughs> what is it? What is it with dolphins, Luke? It's a terrible noise. Get a new noise, dolphins. Come on. Okay, they're not doing it for you. Okay. <laughs> I know clearly. <laughs> um, I, I honestly have no idea how to get under Glockta's skin because a part of me was like. Oh, you could just mock him the whole time of like, I ah, still got more fingers than you. Ha ha ha. But that's not the route. I don't think. No, no, I don't think it's a mocking thing. Cause you're not trying to like annoy. You're not trying to like, I don't know, get under his skin. I don't think that's the correct. Yeah. The correct thing. You're just trying to make it just like unpleasant. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, okay, I need him to, get the truth and then i need it to be really not fun for him to like torture me more see but like he literally tortured a dentist who helped him out with his teeth and the dentist was like why are you doing this to me and i felt like i feel like the dentist strategy was like the best one i feel like of all the strategies we saw the dentist being like hey i like helped you you got tortured you know that this is not getting anything. Why are you doing this? Stop doing this to me. Like I Right. And I and it's still Glockter was like, nah, I'm doing it, bro. I'm pulling those teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that the takeaway here maybe is just that Glockta Again, don't get on Glockta's bad side. I'm on Glockta's team all the time. I don't. I guess if you if you have to pick, you gotta pick Glockta every time, right? Especially if someone <laughs> you don't asks want to, because he's the worst, right? But... Yeah, Glockta. I don't. Mm. I mean, interesting character, but uh, a tough way to go. This book yeah. with Glockta. Okay. Yes, um, it's a lot of torture talk. Um, do we want to like go through what happens in the battle at all? Um, I guess we could do a quick summary because a lot of stuff happens at the very end here. Um, right. So, 
the Gurkhas just kind of like surround surround the city and we don't get like a ton of details on all of the fights except for like one or two but basically just like work their way through the through the walls with like catapults and and little little bombs explosives yeah yeah and we get a cup a few things that save us which is um the army comes back colonel west which is much faster than i was expecting i know west yep yep and then we get some some help from the from styria is that the country's name oh i think so that you're talking about the like count i think or the the duke yes so like jezel's wife and yes his father oslo duke oslo shows up Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that and then we've got Baez's magic thing with the seed yes yes these are like the keys to saving adwa right am i missing anything i don't think so like the northmen are there and they're fighting but there's not that many of them and they don't seem to matter at all in the grand scheme of things (laughs) right it's like and this actually i think brings us back to something that happened in the last part of like logan's like hey if we conquer this we'll come down and help you with the fight there has to be so many more men in the union army than these northmen right yes i mean yeah because in order for them to win this battle against these gurkish the the gurkish numbered in the like tens of thousands right yeah so like the union army has to have like at least ten thousand in it to be making this difference up there's like 200 dudes in the north who they took right even if i think is why i i think this is why all of the northmen are like dude why we don't need to do this it doesn't matter yeah i think so too and i kind of agree with them now like yeah for sure at the time i kind of which is so interesting about this and i think the ending of this book uh and kind of how it all shakes out is i kind of saw logan's perspective where he was like i promised colonel west i'd help him with this so we gotta go do it but actually like who gives a shit like it didn't make any difference at all like and colonel west probably knew colonel west was like you know it's a great gesture i'm sure if logan came up to him and was like hey man we're all pretty tired actually can we not come down with you it looks like you guys have enough people i imagine colonel west would be like you know what yeah this is like not gonna tip the scales one way or the other right or like if anything the move i feel like should have been logan just comes up and be like hey i will come with you sure and like i don't know be an advisor or something right and like yeah maybe setting up a new relationship between the north and adwa like yeah and i'll come work the diplomacy when things get figured out right but you don't need all of your all of your guys to go no especially when they're like clearly don't want to go clearly don't want to go and they they've just been through like the worst time years of the worst time i will say like so bad constant blood and violence they were just holed up in a fort for like a week Mm. (laughs) logan's a bad king 
Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I also so when they when they, after the battle, Logan talks to the dog man and asks him to stay for like diplomacy mm-hmm. purposes. I yeah. guess. Yeah. How do we feel about that? Because I do understand that like you need someone like countries have ambassadors to mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's interesting to me because I like honestly never thought about it for these two. And <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know. It just seems rude to be like, hey, dog man, I know you freaking hate cities. <laughs> How would you like to stay in one? How would you like to stay in the biggest one, actually? Yeah, I think it was terrible. Although, Luke, this is a thing that I struggle with Logan at the end here. And the Dogman struggles with it, too, because Red Hat comes up to him and is like, hey, Logan is evil as fuck, right? Like, Logan is a really bad guy. And the Dogman's like, fuck you. He's the greatest man who ever lived. You suck. (laughs) And... It's something where I actually like can like sympathize with the dog man in a very real way of like Logan has both of these people in him at various times. And it's hard for me to know when Logan asked the dog man to stay, is he trying to save the dog man's life? Is he trying to be like, hey, when I go back up to the north, shit is not going to get any easier and like. There is going to be a lot of violence and death when I go. The dog man is like my only friend. So I want him to live and stay down here. I guess. the I, Okay, this is my thing with Logan. Yeah. Uh, why don't you just go away and like somewhere else? <sighs> mm-hmm. Like why does he? Why does he accept it? Why I don't does know he say why you have to go back to the north? Right. Hey, maybe I'll stay and hang out with my guy Jezel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing I didn't understand when Logan accepted being the king. Is like you don't have to do it. Like they right. made you the king because you were the strongest motherfucker around, and you just would whoop anybody's ass. You can also be like, all right, bye. Like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go try and talk to that demon girl that I met. Bye. <laughs> right. Figure out your own shit. I'm leaving. Especially when, like, they they talk about how they didn't have kings before Bethon. Mm-hmm. And, like, everybody liked that. Yeah. It seems. I, Logan would be much more popular if you're just like, hey, let's just not do kings. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to go on a backpacking trip and it's going to be chill. And you guys can do whatever you want right right massive popularity increase i would say correct i think so um but i think i think logan also feels like he is being like he is reacting to everything i think he always feels like he doesn't have a choice in the matter and he is just reacting he's just responding to circumstances and we see this in Bethod's critique at the end where he's like, you're just going to be pushed around like you don't have any free will. You're not making any of these choices. You're just going with the river. You're just like a leaf on the river 
Logan, and you're letting everything else shape where you go and what you do, and you're always just going to be that. And I think that is... I think Bethod really knows Logan here because I think that's kind of what mm-hmm. happens is Logan is just like, well, I guess I'm king now. And he doesn't really think about the fact that like, you don't have to, like you could leave. Right. Um, and, you know, I get that he justifies it by th- saying that like he has a lot of enemies, so he has to put on this face and he has to do certain things to keep his image or otherwise people will think he's weak. But, like, I don't know if that's even true. I don't think it is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of what Logan says actually is kind of untrue and it's kind of kind of proven untrue as well. Um, but it's kind of subtle. And one of the things that he says that is proven untrue that I think is interesting is he's talking about how his, like, wife and kid are dead and no one's gonna like when he dies there's just gonna be like a memory of the bloody nine and nothing that he did is gonna really matter that much he didn't pass on any lessons to anyone or make anybody's lives better but he has these phrases that he says the dog man and other characters like pick those up like he does have these like things that he has taught other people that are like carried on he just doesn't He's like so down on himself. He's so down on himself. He's like, no, I'm just going to go back to the mud and everyone's going to be better for it. And I think it's a way of justifying how he behaves of like nothing matters. It's like, no, mm. dude, people care. The dog man cares. Right. There are good there. There are good parts of you if you embrace them, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah, I think so. I think so, man. <laughs> he just he just hasn't frustrating actually it's and i think this is what the dog man is so upset about at the end is he's like damn it logan i hate you but i also love you (laughs) right yeah i don't know logan so logan's a lot logan i was a little bit tired of at towards the end yeah i can i talk about a specific scene with logan that was annoying sure He, he goes in to talk to pharaoh one last time she is clearly having some kind of crisis and logan <laughs> logan just like refuses to acknowledge it logan's just like oh hey pharaoh i just wanted to chat about you and i and pharaoh's like do you hear the voices like come here come here come listen to the voices <laughs> and logan's like okay i can tell this isn't a good time i'll come back later bye right logan takes this as like a rejection and it's like she just told you that she's hearing voices man <laughs> Clearly not, dude. She's never said anything like this before. Maybe stop for a second and be like, are you okay? Or at the very least, at the very least, like, hey, maybe, maybe you go up and you're like, okay, let me listen. Let me see. Because maybe there literally are voices. Maybe it's like, oh, whoa, that is weird. Yeah. Maybe she's, maybe she's trying to tell you something crazy. She's like, there's like sounds and voices coming from the walls. Come check this out. And you're over here like, all right, bye. Like, no, maybe go listen. Go listen, dude. Right. That's an invite in actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a great point. And it almost seems like he, the, the, he like doesn't actually want a relationship with her based on like how quickly he just like gives up on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think this goes back to this last characterization of Logan at the end here. And like the thing with the the dog man too, is I feel like 
he doesn't like he he wants friendship and he wants the companionship of pharaoh but he doesn't as well like he doesn't want them to be near him in a way um mm-hmm. yeah he feels di- like when it, when he talks about not being able to cry over his dead friends i think that's the part of him that's like i can't have anyone close to me mm, okay sure man tough life out here for for logan yeah um I, quick quick poll is he is he alive i mean yeah at the end for sure dude <laughs> okay. just checking just no checking. question he's alive all right you think the I, bloody I, nine I, is I gonna let so the, this guy die in a river <laughs> the bloody nine will kill the river true true bloody nine will strangle the river works. before he lets logan die in one i'm with you there okay can we get to actually the well are you ready to to get past the the battle yeah let's go to this like ending scene this wrap-up okay so one thing that's small that might be like a political thing they so the city is wrecked right Mm -hmm. oh yeah and they talk about like they need so many resources to rebuild mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yeah sure you need like lots of physical resources and like people's time mm-hmm. yes i think that's true for yeah. sure yeah the a lot of governments at least like modern day governments print money <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh and like the I don't know if this is true, but I didn't get the sense that like the fields are burned or anything like that. It's like literally just the physical city needs to be rebuilt. They did go through like looting and pillaging though. The Gurkish did come from the coast looting and pillaging. I think that they like looted some villages, sure. But like, as we heard, very few of the um, like nobles... Did, like did anything which i'm assuming their right. lands were like pretty much ignored and i i yes, also would I assume that true. most of the most of the like goods and food are coming from the nobles and their lands right right yeah so like i don't know just like do it <laughs> you're saying just do you know print, what i mean you're... like i don't really understand why like like Yes, it's going to be difficult to rebuild, but, like, you have all these people here. <laughs> you're saying, to, you're telling them to just print money? Yeah, basically. No, I think that the issue, Luke, is that we don't have a, we don't have somebody on the closed council who does the finances, do we? I don't think there's a central bank. I think Bias is, is the central bank. And so... Bias is like, no, I can't deal with inflation. We're not printing money. <laughs> Do they? I, this is so true. Actually, they don't have a treasurer no. on, this, on the council that I can think of. They don't. How? That's <laughs> You need one of those. Okay. I mean, I, th- I think, and I didn't realize this until we're just now talking about this, but I think it's because of Bias. Like, I think Bias is like, I control these people through the finances. And like, 
the king doesn't really like i don't actually know how they administer anything in this system now that you mention this because they have to have somebody who's in charge of like the taxes right right because they do have taxes because yeah who wait who does the taxes guys I don't know is this like high justice because it's a law are you just like literally taking the taxes and putting them in a big pile and then paying them out from the pile i mean could be i also don't really know exactly what lord hoff does mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I, I i don't think that we heard of someone whose explicit position was like treasurer or like head of the na- head of the national bank or something but it's possible that someone's position was like that was one of their one of their things but the, right they're not definitely not one of the like important ones it seems no absolutely not and they clearly should be yeah i would agree because like yeah you take out a loan you like sell some bonds to pay for these city upgrades these like you know, rebuilding projects and you're fine. You're fine, guys. Right. You have, maybe you have some incentives for people to move to the city. You do a little grant, an artisan, an artisan grant for some like masons and woodworkers. Of course. Affordable housing credits, maybe. Right. The, the main point here is that there's not like a resource shortage. No, this is true. The, the, the Northmen run in when the army gets here and there's a dude handing out like yeah. loaves of bread. Yeah. This is a wild thing to me. I was like, where is this bread coming from? I mean, it wasn't a long siege or anything. So like, yeah. Yeah. But they, they let all the Gurkish starve. They are pretty <laughs> right. tight for food. So they let the Gurkish all starve. Yes. So I, they can't be, mm. Yeah, hold I don't on. Think I don't think that they're tight with food. I think that was made up. I, I agree with you. I think it was made up because how would they be tight for... The city didn't make the food. The city did not make the food. That's not how cities right. work. And also, like, you lost, like, a lot of your population. <laughs> not to be, like... Not to... Not to not to be dark about it. Right. Um, there, I don't really see a reason why you should be short on food. Your shortages are of, like stained glass windows and suits of armor your shortages are not of like farm crops like the, those are right. fine those are not produced here you have a shortage of bureaucrats right now okay if you had if you had someone in charge of the money then you would know this correct yes yes i don't know <sighs> I guess I guess we're just putting that under Glockta's supervision, like everything else now. Yeah, like literally everything now. Okay, but I will say, our guy Jezel, mm-hmm. when they talk about leaving the Gurkhas to starve, protests and doesn't want them to starve, um, he's he seems to be doing a lot of like somewhat noble things or at least taking those positions Uh uh-huh yeah my question is which i probably have asked several times throughout this series Uh do we like jezel now no 
but for a very different reason, I think. <laughs> I think it's this last Jezel is the Jezel that I like the most, but I still don't like him at all. Okay. This last Jezel is trying to live up to the kings of old, right? It feels like he's trying to perform king just like the freaking Baez. Just like these stories Baez has told him about all of these kings. I feel like Jezel is like, I want to be like those kings Baez told me about. And right. He's just too stupid to realize it was all made up and he's just being manipulated by like everyone around him. And I think it's pathetic. I think he's so pathetic. I do agree. I do think when you get the pictures of him like actually in behind the scenes, right? He's very it's very pathetic. I mean like th- the main one is right when he confronts Baez and Baez like crushes him yeah um but there's others like that like even when he's talking to glockta later it's all it's all very pathetic so so I, like i think maybe the take here is that his heart is in the right place but he just doesn't have it in him he I doesn't guess. really have a he's he's got a big heart and a little tiny brain and i guess <laughs> i guess that's kind of what Baez wanted right yeah, I guess he wanted so. somebody for them to make statues of. Yes, I will say congrats on. Uh, I think earlier you had said that you didn't think that the birth story was true. Oh yeah, definitely not. Fucking bias. <laughs> of course, of course not, guys. <laughs> I believed on. it. For oh a while. no, absolutely not absolutely not especially and i appreciate that bias was like yeah i had a lot of things cooking like you were not the only one my bud also so brutal how he was like plans so brutal how he was like i bought you for six your mom wanted 20 and i'm a great negotiator <laughs> oh bias <laughs> pretty rude <laughs> pretty rude um <laughs> The king, the literal Fair, king of yeah. this country is someone that Baez bought on a discount, on a sharp discount. Very, yeah, very sharp discount. Okay, actually, here's my follow-up question. Do we believe that? Yeah, because, like, I kind of do. be saying this. No, I, I kind know. of do believe that. I mean, I don't, maybe he didn't get as good of a deal as he's claiming. Mm-hmm. But, like, he has no reason to lie about it. Other than just like to win the to win the rap battle, basically. I mean, he's already won, right? He has yeah. Jessel writhing around in pain on the floor. That's really all you need to be like, don't make me come back here, or I'll do this to you again. Okay, I guess. Um, so the, okay, the other thing that I was going to talk about with Baez, uh, but I think there's a lot to talk about with Baez, mm-hmm. is. We learn how how much bias has been controlling the union, right? Yeah. And Jezel and Glockta specifically hear, hear the full extent of it, although I think probably other people do as well. And Jezel for sure wants to throw bias off. I can't tell if Glockta does, but, but maybe. Do you think... Do you think it's possible, I guess? To get rid of Baez? 
Yes. Like if you, if, if Jezel, for example, if you were in Jezel's position, let's say. Mm. No, I don't think so. If I was in Jezel's okay. position, I mean, maybe eventually, and this is what Glockta says at one point, is he's like, maybe eventually I can get some breathing room, give it enough time. But Jezel is in like such a weak position because everybody on the closed council is aware Glockta is in charge and they all bow to Baez. Uh, the common people like, hmm. Maybe this is part of Jezel's strategy, actually, with, like, trying to be a well-liked ruler, is maybe this is his way of trying to get out from Baez's control. It's like, if the people really like him, then maybe he can kind of get some breathing room. Um, but Baez just seems too good at what he does for it to mm-hmm. matter. Like, if if you're Jezel, you got to know your limitations. And one of those limitations is not a good planner like your brain don't work very good so like <laughs> you're not going to be able to outsmart Baez. sure he's tricksy so here's my take here's my take actually yeah i do think that you you can't really do it at this at this point let's say and i actually think the main reason is because of uh what's his name yoru or, or, oh, or whatever the the is like apprentice the sulfur guy was his name guy. sulfur sulfur maybe i think he's an he's an eater mm-hmm. right and he's a shapeshifter yeah oh yeah if bias doesn't have him i think it's possible because you just kind of sneak you do a little sneaking right and also just like i don't know i like Baez has some amount of like magic abilities, but if you're just like, hey guards, like next time that bald dude comes in, like shoot him with arrows. Mm-hmm. Maybe that works. Whereas this guy, if you're like you could be assassinated at any point, basically, like effortlessly. Right. Because of this guy. Right. This is true. This actually touches on something. This touches on something that I don't understand. And maybe it was explained, but I don't think it was. How has no one stabbed Baez? Nobody likes him. Everybody has a big problem with him. Everybody has swords. Yeah. Like, when he turns around, just stab him. Like Right. This is what the Yeah, I think this is what I'm saying, actually. I I have not understood for a long time why people are putting up with his bullshit and not just like, okay, I'm going to drop a big rock on you and kill you. Or like, yeah, I'm going to get my whole army to blast you with the, with crossbow bolts. Like, sure. You can do a little bit of magic sometimes. That's okay. I'm going to stab you. Let's see you do magic then. Right. There's, you can either like surprise him, right? Yeah. Or I don't know. I feel like you could you could 20 soldiers, let's say. Mhm. Is that even that might be an overestimate. I mean, I think he can do like a big explosion or something. Yeah, in the first book he does a big fire the, conflagration that defeats I think some bandits or some northmen who are attacking him as he's trying to leave. 
Right. And then he's like out for a while though. Yes. I think he can do it. He seems weak. Right. Just one good stab. One good stab on Baez. Just try it. At least try it. Nobody tries it. (laughs) And it's a situation where like everybody kind of hates him. Like he has no friends. Nobody is hype about Baez being anywhere. So like, and maybe it's just that nobody hates him enough to try and that's his power is like, everybody is pretty annoyed by Baez, but nobody like Logan is never like, wow. Yeah. You're really bad and bad enough that I'm going to stab you now. He's just like, yeah, I don't want anything to do with you. Yes. I, and I also think, okay. So we, Baez basically works through like what I, what I would call like soft power, right? Mm-hmm. It's like information, plans, and money. Right, which is kind of what we were talking about. I will say I kind of brought that up for Bethon to be doing last time as I was like, why isn't Bethon doing this? Yes, but, but Baez takes it to like an extreme degree. Correct. And this is where I think that if you're like Jezel, you can do something because like, the person that controls the military, like, you can kind of do anything. Um, as long like, as... Okay, like, Baez works through money, right, basically? Yeah, yeah. A lot of it with this bank. Oh, sorry, uh, I got my military to go and, like, shut down the bank and take all the money and everyone is arrested. Here's, here's the power, though, that you're forgetting, Luke. Glockta walks into the bank. And he's like, there's no gold or anything here. It's all just pieces of paper. It's all just paper that's moving money around. So even if Jezel takes the army and confiscates the bank, he goes to the building and is like, the bank's mine now. There's nothing in it for him. There's not a big pile of gold somewhere. It's just like... Sure, okay, but then I don't understand though because like the bank has given away a lot of money right yes like so so the way that it works with glockta yes is that the bank has given glockta money and glockta has to do things for them where they will like tell his secrets mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay i'm just like burning down the place and i'm arresting all of the bankers i'm sorry you can't oh, i'm sorry this is against okay. the rules mm. you're done you're in the you're 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 in the Inquisition. Ooh, ooh. Okay. The issue, Luke. Isn't this bank on multiple continents? Yes, I think so. I feel like you've got to hit them all at once. Because if you hit one, I don't know. if you hit one, yeah, I feel like it's got to be a coordinated effort. It's got to be a coordinated. If you, effort. Okay, but if you hit one, what do the what do the others do? Well, they still have assets. Like, it's not like you hit one and suddenly they're, it's all goes up in smoke. Okay, sure. What do they do, though, with the assets? Uh, maybe they, like, get the Duke to blockade the place. I don't know. They, they, they were pretty powerful before, right? Yeah, but I feel like all of that power comes from, like, being in the shadows mm. and, like, funding everyone. Whereas if you're just like, hey, I arrested this bank because they like kind of ran the place and everybody hates them. And then he comes out and everyone's like, actually, you know, I had really big debts to them. It'd be super cool if they were gone now. 
done. Oh, All your debts from this bank that. are gone. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought about that, huh? Oh, huh? Yeah, but see, then the whole system. Nobody wants the bank to keep going. Nobody does. Yeah, but Luke, if the whole system of credit collapses, then like, how am I gonna pay for my next year's wheat? Mm. You know, good point. Good I'm, point. I'm trading on wheat securities now, <laughs> and uh, we kind of need the bank. So, yeah, we do. No, you can't tax the bank for sure. Yeah, don't definitely don't do that. Um, speaking of complete financial collapse, Luke. What are your estimates for how much longer this current world has got? When I say this current world, I mean the Union as a country, the Gurkish like as a nation, the Gurkish Empire as a nation, the North as like their own separate thing. What how much longer until there's a huge change that happens because things kind of started how they ended we went in this big circle which is one of the themes of the book right is this like cycles this like repeated things Mm -hmm. the ending of this feels different the ending of this feels like to me we're in a moment where things are potentially going to change dramatically in the coming in like the not so distant future okay what actually what makes you say that okay I I think things are going to change dramatically in the next, like, 10 years. I think this whole system has, like, maybe 10 years in it before something dramatic happens. The reason I think that. Baez has just taken, like, 30 pounds of uranium-235 to his secret workstation after testing it and being like, oh, yeah, that worked really good. Meanwhile, Pharaoh's like, hey, you almost let the demons out. Did you realize you almost right. let the demons back out? And Baez is like, no, 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 it's fine. It's not a big deal. I did something really cool. You just don't get it. Um, <laughs> so, like, there's that component of this doomsday clock that I've created of, like, Baez could just blow everything up. Uh, the Eaters, like the Gurkish Empire, there isn't a really compelling reason for them to not try and come back. Like, they're still massive, and sure, they lost a bunch of their sorcerers or whatever. The main dude is still around, and the main dude is like, hey, we almost got it that time. Uh, We're in a pretty good position. Maybe let's wait a little bit. Let's build up our forces a little bit, and then just, like, go again. Let's just go again for it. Um, And uh, Pharaoh, Pharaoh is like always on the verge of letting demons into the world (laughs) sure she says right right now sure she says right now she's never gonna let him in but like we don't know what's gonna happen with that right i do think that she needs the seed to let them in okay um but i mean to your point the world is basically just Baez versus, I think his name is Kalul or something like that. That's what it seems like. Yes. And it seems, and it seems like it's basically been that for a thousand years, mm-hmm. a long time. I don't know. It doesn't seem. I don't. I don't know if there is anything super unique about this one, for me, mm. except for the seed part. I mean, I think the seed part is huge, right? 
And I, I agree with you there. The sure. seed is huge. And I feel too like Pharaoh's whole deal. Pharaoh's whole deal where she's now kind of just like the bloody nine, but against the Gurkish. She's going to try and kill the like head of the Gurkish, right? Yes. She seems to have special invulnerability powers now. Yes, that's true, actually. This is a good point. I think there's a chance she does it. I think there's a chance that she goes and just murders <laughs> this other person and then is like, okay, time to go back and get that seed thing. Okay, this is a good point. I also think one of the things that you didn't mention is that Baez says that like the magic is leaving this world. Yes, basically. yes. And so that alone is a huge, is a huge change right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah I'll, I'll 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 agree with you actually now that i think about it more you think we've got 10 years max i don't know if 10 10 seems low i mean i do think <laughs> i uh, pharaoh's gonna kill the leader of the gurkish in like a month <laughs> yeah it's gonna be quick tops yeah. i think yeah <laughs> So that, and it just depends on how fast that accelerates things, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, Luke, what what even happens with Baez after that? Do you know what I mean? What is his even, mm-hmm. what is his life even after that? Because he's... I honestly don't even understand why he's been doing, he's like playing Sims for a thousand years. So... Or like Sim City. From my understanding is he's like into the research. He's deep into the research. He wants to do his studies. But this other student of Juven's is really bent on murdering him. So he's like, I've got to build up this whole fucking union thing. So they don't just, they can't just come find me and kill me. Right. Which I will say, trying to kill Baez, fairly justified. Seems, seems very justified, actually. Seems like... Because he does actually admit to killing Juvens, right? He admits to killing Juvens. He clearly killed his girlfriend and mm-hmm. her dad. Right. And he just, he yeah, the maker, he just like refuses to acknowledge it. He's just like a liar. And it's like, yeah, okay, he probably has something coming. Um, but, you know, he says at the end, like, hey, power is the only law. So sucks for you. Yeah. Not a great guy. Baez sucks, and I I was hoping someone would stab him. I was disappointed nobody Soon stabbed maybe. him. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I hope, at least. Okay. Do you have any more notes or should we get to should we do reviews? Let's let's do reviews, I think. Okay. So this is an interesting one for me because it's very good and I think the characters are very, very good, right? The, the, this series is like famous for this. Um, I think that it's very good in a way that doesn't quite match me super well. I forget if I said this in the last, if we did reviews for the for the previous book in this series, but I think that's the case. This is a book that is extremely good, but not a great match for my for me specifically one thing that i really like that we haven't actually talked about that much is the way that combat is written 
Like we mentioned how Logan, when he's fighting, is just like slipping around, rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's kind of how a lot of the fighting is, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. And I, that's how like a lot of the dialogue is. It seems very real. I don't know. The story just kind of bumps me out, I think. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you here. I totally agree. I love these characters. I love Glockta. Uh, the story, I didn't think the story was bad. I thought the story was like, I thought the story made a lot of sense. The plot worked really well and it was a cool reveal at the end. Not an unexpected reveal, but a good reveal of like, yeah, Baez is running everything. This is all Baez's town. Um, and the fact that there wasn't a like happy, optimistic ending felt very true for the story. Like this whole story is kind of a downer the whole time. Uh, and like people in positions where they can't really make any difference and they're just kind of going about their lives, trying to survive kind of like a Logan, just saying like still alive. And that's kind of all they are is just like still alive. Um, and yeah, the ending was kind of a bummer. The ending was kind of a downer, um, but it felt very fitting. It felt very right to me. Uh, I, yeah. I, enjoy, I very much like these books. I, I appreciate that they're not a good fit for you because they are kind of a bummer. But I, I kind of like that. I kind of like this story. Yeah, yeah, sure. I yeah I. I agree 100% with everything you said. The plot, actually really good. The character's really good. It's just, it, it's it's all kind of a bummer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if so, so if you're into a bummer, if you want to read a bummer of a book every so often, I mean, go for it. It's a very well-written bummer, yeah. Um, I will say we're not going to do it now, but I think that we will return to this world. There are several standalone books that i have heard are excellent so um stick around we will probably be reading one or more of those at some point in the future but not next week Mm -mm. next week we are returning to the broken earth trilogy finishing that up actually we will be reading the stone sky by nk jemison that's book three of Mm. that trilogy Mm-hmm. first half we're gonna split it in two yeah first half of it for next week we'll bring the hot takes and be the dumb nerds 